Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Tired of your business's healthcare costs unpredictably increasing every year? Healthcare costs are typically a business's second or third line item expense. And if you're like most employers, it's an expense that's growing faster than your revenue. Luckily for employers, Novetta Health has the solution. Novetta Health is a full-service healthcare consulting firm with proven strategies to lower your healthcare costs by up to 30% or more. They operate on a fee-for-service model and never mark up any of their medical or pharmaceutical claims. None of your employees have to leave their doctor or pharmacist either. Their health captive and pharmacy benefit manager are the most cost-effective and transparent solutions in the whole country. What they do is not magic, it's just honest. So if you're tired of overspending on health insurance and want to learn more, visit outcomesrocket.health save for a free spend analysis to see how you too could save by switching to Novetta Health. That's outcomesrocket.health save for your free spend analysis. Outcomesrocket.health save. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Matt Gamash Asalim. He's the CEO at Alto. Matt had always dreamed of being a doctor, but found his calling in engineering. Little did he know that years later, Alto's full stack technology platform would have such a profound impact on health outcomes and patient care. Prior to Alto, Matt was an early employee at Parse, which was later acquired by Facebook. Matt started his career at Adobe and graduated honors from University of Ottawa with degrees in biomedical sciences and software engineering. It's a great combination to take a look at some of the toughest problems in healthcare and start solving them. So I'm excited to enter this discussion with Matt, hear the insights that he has to offer and some of the interesting work that they have going on at Alto. So Matt, I really wanna thank you for, for joining us today. Of course, thank you. Great to be here. Hey, so so what did I leave out in the intro that you want to share with the listeners? Anything? That, that was that was pretty good. It's uh, and I might sell that bio for for use myself. <laughs> I'll email it to you after our interview. <laughs> hey, so so um, what is it that got you into healthcare in the way that you got into healthcare? Yeah, you know, I, I think similar to what I think most people that, that are drawn to healthcare go through. You have this this interest or this want to to help people, and in, in my my college years, that was sort of looking at you know, do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to go to medical school? Sort of wanting to to find some way to have sort of a, a social good impact in the world. And I, I ultimately fell in love with uh, Silicon Valley and um, this sort of crazy atmosphere here, where where people believe they can do anything. Coming from Ottawa, which is a very government town. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more on the conservative side, at times at least. It was really a fascinating experience. I had the opportunity to come here to San Francisco for an internship um, when I was in college, and I absolutely fell in love with the atmosphere here. And after a few years of, of working in Silicon Valley, I, I, I became frustrated with you know, really just the lack of you know, amount of companies trying to have a social good impact. Right? There's a lot of companies that tend to look for you know, solving problems, that's actually a, a common mantra, right? It's solve the problem that you have so you understand the problem deeply. And I, I really disagreed with that. I, I felt it was more important to solve a problem I specifically did not have because I'm not, you know, the type of person with the most problems. And that, that's really what drove me and my, my co-founder, Jamie, to uh, cause me to leave, leave Facebook and, and the more software world to, to focus on applying your skill set to the field where we felt we'd be able to have more of that impact on. 
So just your, your general individuals and, and, and their health. Love it. It's that pulling force, like you said, that everybody in healthcare wants, you know, the, the need and the desire to do something impactful for people. Exactly. Exactly. So you guys have uh, put your heads together. You started a company. And so tell us a little bit about Alto, but also dive into what you believe is a hot topic that needs to be on every health leader's agenda. Oof, yeah, a lot, lot to that question. You know, um, <laughs> we, we, we started, you know, really our, our, our initial thesis was, you know, if you look at pharmacies today, it's kind of this abandoned, ignored chunk of healthcare. And it, it kind of makes sense, right? Overall, it's not a massive cost driver. It's sort of on the news a lot today with drug prices and I'm happy to, to, to talk more about that piece of it. But you know, it remains sort of less than 15% usually of, of overall healthcare costs for any given payer. And so it hasn't been the main focal point. Maybe it tends to be a little bit less sexy as well. But what we found fascinating about pharmacy was this kind of apparent paradox that you know, it's simultaneously an experience that is generally very disliked. But most people don't like their pharmacies. You know, outside of you know, the handful of, of people that love their independent pharmacist or their community pharmacy, maybe. And you also, on the other side, here have this like, well, why aren't you just doing like an e-commerce model for pharmacy? Right? Wouldn't that just solve all your problems? From the outside in, it seemed that way. And we assumed that we were missing something, right? Otherwise, if it was an easy fix to create this great pharmacy experience, somebody would have done it, right? One of the big yeah. incumbents with all the money would have done it. And so we said, well, we really want to know what we're missing. You know, what does the space know that we don't? And um, we actually ended up buying this small little mom and pop shop here in San Francisco. Actually, that whole team is still with us and, and they were great to just learn from and, and try to discover what it was about pharmacy that made it so different from your average retail store, right? That, that's my naivety there come, coming in. Mm-hmm. And we quickly discovered that it's, it's nothing like your typical corner store. Or despite, you know, maybe some pharmacies selling some, some greeting cards and, and sodas and such, the, the pharmacy part of it is really a completely different beast. It's, it's really not a store, right? Your, your, your role as a pharmacy isn't to sell something to a patient or a customer, even, right? You're, you're, you're having this doctor here on the one side ordering something for the patient. You have the insurance here on the other side that is paying, kind of deciding what you're going to get to at the end of the day. And then you as the patient trying to make a decision based on all this information, but not quite able to put it all together. And the role of the pharmacy, as we see it, is, is really this coordination between everyone. You know, unfortunately, when, uh, when everyone doesn't get their way, they'll, they'll blame us as the pharmacy. But what's really been unfortunate is over time, as the economics of pharmacy have changed and as the complexity of, of processing and coordination have increased, you've had this gap where now the patients are stuck having to try and fill it instead of having sort of this, this partner or the, this entity able to help you make those decisions and balance those for you. And I think that, that was really the inception of the company was to say, well, look, what if we were able to do this coordination really, really well? What would that do, right? And you think of, you know, sure, maybe only 10, 15% of cost is in pharmacy, but what impact would pharmacy have on patients, right? We see patients more often than most doctors. We, we talk to them, we collaborate with them, we interact with them. But the, the most, you know, patients typically go to the pharmacy every month. And there's a real opportunity there to leverage these highly skilled professionals, the pharmacists, 
to do more than just you know fill prescriptions and be a dispensing machine. And to us, that, that's a really I think overlooked part of healthcare. I'm seeing it more and more in the press today, and feel there's more attention right now on, on this piece of pharmacy. But you know, you just look at adherence rates in the U.S. They're terrible. You know, people are trying to solve this in a variety of different ways, and our take was just like, practically, it's, it's, it's not that hard, right? When you start digging into why, it's so difficult to get your medications today. What if you just make that easier? Is that going to help? And there's just so much cost savings and health benefit from just basic improvements there. That, that's really where we focus. I love it, Matt. So give us an example. I'd love to hear how Alto is, is doing things differently. Yeah, so... You know, when we think of this, this, kind of, this kind of structure of who's involved in a transaction for pharmacy, right? This is the doctor, the insurance, the patient, and the pharmacy. We decided really early on that we didn't want to be just, you know, this software company for others to use, right? We want to have direct impact on people. And that means we have to be one of those four, well, not being the patient, one of those three. And we decided to be the actual pharmacy. So today, I mean, we run everything in-house, right? We have our own pharmacies, pharmacists, teams, technicians, et cetera. All that is, is us. And we said, all right, well, the physician side, it's such an important component, right? We're working so closely together, and yet most of our interactions with them are these rushed phone calls or faxes back and forth that aren't very in-depth, and there's no feedback me- mechanism between the two of us. And so we started just really deeply partnering with physicians and even building software for physicians. We have a product called AutoMD, and we're now doing some EMR integrations as well for that product. But it allows us to have a really, really tight connection with the physician so that, you know, if we need to collaborate on, pres- on prescription, change it, do prior authorizations, substitutions, clarification, all these back and forth, we can do in a really, really tight way. And we can also share data back, like, hey, this patient isn't interested in their meds, just so you know, right, if there's anything you need to do to act, or, you know, hey, this patient is you know, having a hard time with these symptoms of this medication, what could we do, um, right, it allows us to have this really interesting collaboration there, and we really see physicians and, and hospital systems and clinics that we work with as true partners. On the other side of that, there's the insurance component, and that, that's a difficult one to solve, but mm-hmm. we've built a lot of automation around, you know, at the end of the day, the, the insurance company is trying to tell you don't use this drug, so I'm going to charge you $100 for it. Use this one, it's free. And us as a pharmacy, we're like, okay, well, we don't have all this information all the time, so how can we try to paint a picture so we can share that picture with all the other relevant parties? Um, so it's, it's taken a lot of in, internal software just to paint that picture, right? figure out what's covered, what's not covered, what's the best copay, what are the differences between different medications? Is the doctor okay with a different medication if it's covered? How do you so more and more try to understand the cost the insurance is trying to communicate to be able to share that with the patient? And so that, that's really meant that all of the software running our pharmacy today from you know, what touches the doctor to the insurance to so even our own staff is all built in-house. And this has been a massive undertaking, but it's really been key to our ability to start impacting some of the obstacles that come in sort of between patients and medications. And you know, of course, we have free delivery and that's really a symptom of felt wanting to build the hundreds of retail stores. And that's always an obstacle, right? Remembering to come to the pharmacy, not being homebound. Oh, for um, sure. and, and then we also have smart packs. So, you know, we package um, the drugs in these unit dose packets and that helps patients with five, six meds to know what to take when and, and organize them um, so, in a sort of easy way for them. 
That's fascinating, Matt. Now, are you guys mainly working with patients or are you working with insurance companies or providers, it sounds like? Who would you say your main customer is? Yeah, well, we have, uh, we have one of our primary company values is patients come first. So for uh-huh. us, we'll always do what's best for the patient, always what the patient wants. Uh, unfortunately, that, that's not always possible, but what is best for the patient. And so that, that, that's how we see our primary customer. But we've really, as a company, focused on physicians as a, it's an equal customer where you know, we work deeply with their clinics and mm-hmm. you know, they'll recommend Alto to their patients. And that's how we kind of complete that loop. The insurance companies, it's mostly sort of an electronic or digital partnership, if you will, just as a matter of being contracted with them. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. And today it seems like it is, you know, every insurance company now has an uh, arm of pharmacy, <laughs> whether it be Scripps or CVS or, or, you know, you name it. Everybody seems to be affiliated vertically nowadays. I think it's interesting that you guys are, are taking this, this approach and very, very uh, rewarding from what it sounds like. So tell us about some of the setbacks you guys have had and what you've learned from them to make you better. Oh, there, there's, <laughs> there's no shortage. It's a hairy um, industry. It really is. And, you know, I think as, as someone who is, is not, uh, hasn't grown up in, in, I mean, not even the U.S., let alone the U.S. healthcare system, it's been a fascinating um, journey of, of learning and, and discovering all the nuances of it. And it, it really is a complex system. Along the way, we've made plenty of, of bad decisions on, you know, what our software should be, what an experience should be. And we've had to, to, to retry and redo it many, many times over. And I think really my, my biggest learning through building Alto to, to where we are today and then where we'll hopefully be in the future has been to be a lot more humble toward the space than I think the, the tech sector tends to be. So many times I'll hear, oh, healthcare is broken, the system's broken. And like, sure, like that, that may be the case, but it's not particularly helpful, right? It's, it's not like tomorrow some company is going to start and rebuild the entire system from scratch. Right. This is very unlikely. It's a $4 trillion industry. What we found really helpful is say, well, what does the industry do today? And turns out the industry is really good at doing what they do. They've squeezed every bit of margin they could out of their current operating practices. And so you're probably not going to do everything completely differently. And that's okay. Right. It's where should you change things? And where should you try to innovate? And where can you have the most impact? But saying like, look, these entities, these companies have been doing this for 100 years. Like, they probably know a thing or two. What can we learn from them? I mean, we mm-hmm. try to learn from Walgreens all the time. Uh, there's plenty of things they do really well. And we try to say, well, these are areas where we can you know, change the model. We can you know, add more value to patients, add more value to physicians. But I, I don't think it's ever healthy to say everyone in the industry is not as good as we are. We'll make it so much better. And, and I've unfortunately heard that too many times from especially tech companies. So we, mm-hmm. we've really tried to, to just stay humble toward our incumbent competitors. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a, a very healthy approach because you're right. I mean, you know, these players have been in the market for a while. There are things that are working. And, you know, when you blame the system, you're not taking accountability for a decision you made, which is play in this field. And, and so I think that's a really great, great approach that you guys have there, Matt, a very seasoned and mature uh, decision and, and vision. Tell us a little bit about your, your proudest moment. 
Um, well, there, there's uh, there's so many as well. You know, there, there's a, another company value we have of leave no patient behind. And that, you know, I think sounds kind of obvious when you look at it at first glance, but to us it really means not focusing on creating these sort of amazing experiences here and there, but just really ruthlessly focusing on the worst experiences, right? And maybe counterintuitively trying to make those really bad experiences better instead of making the average experience better. Yeah. And that approach, I think, is, is not as important if you're maybe a retailer, an e-commerce store. Like, it's okay if every now and then a shipment goes awry and, you know, it gets lost. It's a different story in healthcare, right? You, you can't, your, your margin of error is very, very small. Us making a mistake can cost someone their life, right? And we take that extremely seriously. And there's so many fascinating stories from our patients where our team just intuitively went so far above and beyond to you know, just the other night, our pharmacist was closing on, on a Sunday night. And it was like, hey, sorry, you know, I need to lock up, Matt. You know, I, was, I was working the Sunday. And um, she's like, oh, I have to go deliver this prescription on my way home because, you know, it came after a cutoff or deliveries. And I want to make sure this patient is taken care of. And it's stories like that that really make me feel good about what we're building. And then the feedback we get from our patients is there's a, a woman once that sent us a review and just a note to, to our team and said, like, thank you so much. Because of Alto, I was able to move out of my daughter's house for the first time in a decade and live on my own because we both feel really comfortable that, you know, my doctor and my pharmacy are working closely enough together and organizing my prescriptions and taking care of me that I don't need my daughter to do all that for me and something wow. I've been wanting to do for, for years. And that really, really keeps me going in, in the tough time. That's awesome, Matt. Yeah, that's, that's uh, for sure. I mean, patient mobility is a huge challenge. I mean, getting to appointments, picking up meds, and uh, if you could give people their independence back, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Exactly, exactly. So tell us about an exciting project that you're focused on today. Yeah, so something really exciting or something I'm really excited for that um, is in, in beta right now. Hopefully we'll, we'll launch this soon. I won't sort of give too much details, but uh, it's in partnership with um, an institution working on, you know, we have a lot of information about your prescriptions, right, as a, as a pharmacy. Um, and we're looking for ways to, you know, outside of our interactions as a pharmacy, right, giving your medications every month, every three months, whatever it may be, how can we interact with you more often every day? So stay part of, of, of your life and your needs to take medications every day. And there's so much we can do around sort of personalizing messaging to, to you as a patient based on the drugs you're on the, um, and the, the needs you have. You know, imagine if, actually, this is a really simple example, you know, let's say you're, you're taking birth control, not a complicated medication, you take right. one every day. But a question we got really early on that always stuck with me, somebody was just starting on birth control and she was asking, well, like, when does it work? Right, like, I've never taken this before. Do I take one pill and I'm good to go? Does it take a month, a week, a day? And I, I thought like, oh man, that, that's, that's true, right? Like, how would you know? Unless you ask your doctor, ask your pharmacist. And so how can we use some specific, interesting information about specific drugs to help patients as they're taking it, right? Both to remind them to take it and, and when to take it. We know all that just from prescription information, but also like, hey, you know, you're on Humira. How's your joint pain today? Oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's still pretty bad. You know, I'm only two days in. Like, hey, that's normal, right? It'll take X number of days before um, it really becomes effective and you start seeing the results. So we can help patients through the nuances of certain drugs 
so that they're not saying like, ah, I, I just, I, this doesn't work for me. It's super expensive. Like I, I just won't take this anymore. It's sort of this abandonment piece that we see pretty often with patients. So this is a whole arm of, um, of our patient facing um, software that we're building right now that I'm super excited for because it goes sort of above and beyond what we can immediately interact sort of with patients as a pharmacy and hopefully they'll launch in the next sort of couple of months. That's definitely exciting, Matt. I mean, today we're, we're in the uh, information age and it's no longer about solely the physical products. It's about educating. It's about providing service. It's about thinking what these customers want. And you guys are certainly playing a, a role in, in this, this shift that's happening in, in medicine. I mean, we're definitely in the process of consumerism and you guys are taking it head on on the pharmacy side. So kudos to you. Definitely, I'm excited to hear how this uh, rollout goes. Part of the, the interview here, Matt, is, is a lightning round. So I've got a couple questions for you, quick responses, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sounds good. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I found that it's kind of obvious, but you want to focus on patients. But the hard part of that is the incentives don't align. And it's in sort of our view, always looking at, you know, where's the money flowing and where's the money at? That's important because you have to pay for things, but try to step out of that and say, what shouldn't we do for patients and how would we then pay for it instead of where is the money and how do we use it to improve patient outcomes, which tends to be the pitfall people get into. Um, so always start with patient and then think about the flow of cash and, and how you make it work. Love it. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I would say it's, uh, you know, at least if, if, if we're looking at sort of tech companies and, and companies trying to change things, it's not being overly arrogant and, and staying humble towards the rest of the industry. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I would maybe somewhat counterintuitively say not paying too much attention to what everyone else is doing and trying to think you know, from first principles, what would work, right? What, what do we think? You know, we're all humans, we're all patients. What do we think would work really well? How do we think the system should work? And again, how would you get there? Instead of this is what other people are doing, let's do that too. Let's do that, but a little bit differently. But ignoring the outside world a little bit. Love it. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? Patients come first. That's our mantra that we always try to remember. I, in, fact, in meetings, I often tried to visualize a patient in the meeting room with us. Right. And saying like, well, would I say this if a patient was standing here to sort of keep me accountable to that sort of guiding principle? Love that. What's your number one health habit? Well, I eat, uh, I eat keto, um, a ketogenic diet. Okay. Um, I've done this for uh, probably about six months now. Before that, I, I was on the paleo diet, which isn't too different. But that's something I try to do to stay healthy. Love it. How about your number one success habit? I think the biggest change in my life over the last few years of starting a company has been meditation. It's been just a phenomenally powerful uh, habit to deal with the, the daily stress and anxiety of, of, of running a company and also to stay focused. Love that, Matt. Yeah, I incorporated that into my routine. It's made a big difference. And then I, I recently started doing yoga because there's def a lot of breathing and stretching. So you kind of get a little bit of both. Interesting. That's, yeah. a, that's a great idea. Yeah, I've never tried yoga, but it's, it's definitely on the list. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, meditation's huge and watching what you eat is key. Love that you've shared those tips with us. What book would you recommend to the listeners? Oh, I have, I have so many books. I'm an avid reader. I'm the, the maybe, you know, non-business book side. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of sci-fi. My favorite, I think, sci-fi book of all time has been uh, The Free Body Problem by uh, the Chinese author uh, Qixin Liu. A phenomenal book. On the business side, I recently read uh, Principles, Life and Work by uh, Ray Dalio. That was really, really great. And um, there's a classic called uh, The Goal by Eliyahu Goldratt kind of a lean manufacturing book that, that's really helped me think through the sort of complex operations we have here. So I mean, those of you that made my, my, my main tidbits top of mind here. Love it, Matt. Great recommendations. Listeners, if you want to get these books as well as an entire transcript of our conversation with Matt, go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in Alto. A-L-T-O, Alto Pharmacy, and you'll see the entire show come up and the show notes, as well as a full transcript, go there or check out alto.com, which is Alto's website where you can learn more about them directly. This has been a true privilege, Matt. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'd love if you could just leave us all with a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you or follow your work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, closing thought, I find that we as a healthcare industry don't, don't don't try enough new things and we're often too slow to just experiment. Um, and I think there's so much we could do to experiment more and try more and drive iterative change instead of sort of big, massive system changes. And I think often iterative changes are, are, are um, underrated in, in healthcare. So I, I feel like we should all try more to just make small little changes here and there to make things better for patients. And, and to get in touch with me, I, I don't, I'm not a big social media user, so there's not much there but people can, can feel free to, to ping me on LinkedIn or just shoot us a note at, at care.alto.com and I, I'm, I'm usually on most of those threads, so I'll definitely see it. I think I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm my first name, M-A-T-T-I-E-U, then first two letters of my last name, G-A, on Twitter, but I, I don't go on there much. <laughs> so stick with LinkedIn, folks, or <laughs> reach out via care at Alto. And Matt will certainly connect and find ways to collaborate. So it's, it's been a true pleasure, Matt. I really think that uh, the work you guys are doing here in pharmacy and, and, and healthcare consumerism is, is making a splash. So keep up the awesome work and, and thanks for carving out some time for us. Of course. Well, thank you so much, Saul. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.